Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Tuesday, July 24th, and this is episode 110 of the podcast. Today, I am happy to be spotlighting another Kickstarter campaign. Regular listeners know that these sort of shows are fairly common on the podcast because there are so many great, fantastic projects out there being put out by so many creators. Now, Charlie McAlvey joins me for this show to talk about Spider-Squirrel, the camp Kickstarter campaign. Charlie had so much fun, we taped a second show where we talked about comic books in general, and I hope to have that show up fairly soon. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. Generally, this is a short-form podcast that tends not to feature comics at your local comic book shop. Look, there are already too many podcasts that do that kind of thing. Instead, I often talk about or bring on guests where we talk about creators fans should know more about. I also cover older comics from the golden age to the not quite so present. Folks, there are tons of fantastic comics out there that should be read and reread. I hope you continue to sample the show. Please look at the show notes and follow the podcast on social media and subscribe. I want the podcast to grow. And as I said before, I want to introduce fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic books. Now on today's show. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a first-time guest. It is Charlie McElvey. He is here to talk about Spider-Squirrel and the Kickstarter campaign. Poor Charlie. He was supposed to be back on here back in January. We tried to get him on several times. I reached out. He gave me the middle finger and said, I don't want to come on. <laughs> so we had a little PayPal transaction. I got Charlie onto the podcast. So, Charlie, thank you for coming onto the podcast. You are a first-time guest, and I usually ask first-time guests their origin story. So what got you into comic books and made you a lifelong fan? Yeah, great question. Um, so I was, uh, gosh, I was, I was young, um, a lot younger than I am now. Uh, like most of us, uh, somehow there was like a, you know, that gateway drug that got you into comics in the first place. And uh, kids watching, when I was uh, when I was young, we bought comic books at 7-Elevens and pharmacies. Um, oh, that explains how old you are. You just dated yourself. I always I know, like, I, know, I, I like when I talk about people because I wait for what they say and I wait for that to come out or spinner racks to come out. Oh, or yeah. And it was a spinner rack. comic shop. And, you know, oh, yeah. But yes, you've done now. You've now you've dated yourself. <laughs> Go on. You went to the 7 Eleven, Charlie. Well, it, yeah. My grandmother, uh, my meemaw, she uh, she bought me this book because uh, I was I was absolutely glued to it. The cover just drew me in. And this is the value of a cover, right? Uh, it was DC Comics Presents number 147, I believe. And, and what it had on there was Skeletor with a power sword aiming at its Superman. Superman flying towards He-Man because Skeletor is controlling him and Castle Grayskull is in the background. And I go, it's this yellow cover. And, and, and she bought that book for me, you know, for the whole whopping 60 cents or whatever it was then. And, uh, and I read that voraciously back and forth, forward and back. I traced pages. I, I drew on the cover. I traced the cover. I mean, it just, it, I wore that book out. Um, and from that day forward, I was like, this is, this is the thing. And so I used to, you know, get money from my Mimo or Gramps 
um, or whomever. And I'd walk down, it's like a two mile walk to a Seven Eleven, and I'd, I'd check the spinner rack. Then I'd get DC who's who's and I'd read those. I still have all the who's who's that I bought as a kid. And so uh, that was really like the entry, you know, because back then we didn't have a big direct market. It was no direct market uh, back then. And it wasn't until my local comic shop trilogy in Virginia Beach opened up that I started regularly. I was about 12 um, uh, when I found it. So I don't know when they actually opened, but Trilogy opened up and I rode my bike the eight and a half miles to Trilogy uh, every Wednesday to go and get new books. And it was just, there you go. And just the rest of the day. I used to do the same thing. I used to ride my bike to different areas to try to go to different stores to get my comic books. Everybody had different comic books in different locations and different areas. And Yes, there was a time, people, where there wasn't comic shop and you couldn't go online and order your comic books at all. You just had to go to the store and hope they had something good that week. So we are here to talk about Spider Squirrel, not Spider Girl. We talked about that before before we started. (laughs) About Spider Girl, we are talking about Spider Squirrel. So what is Spider Squirrel and what's it all about? How did it came about? So tell us all about this. Yeah, so I, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of synopsize it, but the, the, the shortest version of that story was I, I was a competitor for American Ninja Warrior Season 10, um, which we can talk about later if you want. Everybody wants to talk about that, which is oh, fun. Of course, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's different, right? And I'm one of the few comic book nerds who's been on the show. But uh, I was training for the show. I was putting together my reel, and uh, a couple of kids were arguing over – what kind of animal I look like. And, and by the way, both of them were named Alex. And so Alex B and Alex C were uh, just, they were, they were actually like in a debate, um, a very serious debate about what kind of animal I looked like as I was training and running around and flipping and doing everything else I was doing. And, and they were like, you know, one that he looks like a you know, spider with his long arms, long legs. Look, he's climbing, you know, and, and the other Alex goes, no, he's, he looks like a squirrel. Look at him bouncing around, hopping around with precision and stuff. And he's landing in bars and he, he just, he looks like a squirrel, just not as annoying, which is not true. I'm twice as annoying. But I, I said, guys, 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 stop, stop, stop. Look, you're supposed to be training too. So look, I'll just be the spider squirrel. And it flew out of my face and I go, oh, ding. And so I went home and actually drew this, you know, I, I made this logo um, and I printed it on my training gear, my pants, the whole shebang. And it became a persona, uh, both for the show, which is actually I wore this. Sh- my fans wore this shirt on the show, um, and so it said, you know, the Ninja Warrior, and it just kind of went from there. Always having been involved in comics, I had already published a comic prior to my Ninja Warrior days, uh, so I decided, oh, this would be really fun. I can write a, a much more relaxed, comedic, you know, fun comic. So it's a buddy cop action comedy. Uh, for those of you who like Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, it's in that vein where they're they're like the best of friends, but they argue all the time. Uh, you know, one gets into shenanigans and the other one gets them out of it, and vice versa. So it's um it, it's kind of a throwback in that sense, but it's um it's a modern, you know, it's a neo retro, if you will, where the book is definitely more modern, but the uh, the humor style and the the, the genre it falls into is definitely you know a Jam Dematis, uh, Keith Giffen era Justice League. Um, you know, with those two. So having fun with it. So that's how it kind of came about. Hopefully there you go. clear. There you go. Yep. Throwing, out, throwing out names nobody <laughs> hears about anymore. Keith Geffen. And I forget the other one you said. Nobody knows though about those great. We'll talk about those in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. But you decided this time around to go with a Kickstarter campaign. Why did you do a Kickstarter? How's it going for you? 
And are you going to do another one? Yeah. Uh, so Spider Squirrel has been wildly successful on Kickstarter. I have enjoyed that. Our first book uh, was uh, over, you know, was 200% funded um, to our goal. Our second book was a uh, hundred and uh, I, can't, I can't remember. It was like 100 and maybe 50, 160% to goal. The third book was almost 200% to goal. Uh, we're sitting at 70 something percent right now with three weeks to go. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been really good. Kickstarter has been really good to us. The um, both the uh, community as well as the individuals behind the scenes. I've had, you know, conversations with Oriana and, and Bryce now, and, and uh, even Everett, the CEO response on Twitter every once in a while. So uh, Kickstarter has been great. Uh, it's a, again, it's a really, uh, it's a broad community because there's hundreds of Kickstarters. I remember when I first launched Spider Squirrel number one, the number of comic book and graphic novel Kickstarters at the time was about 200-ish that were live when I launched. And then by the time I got to issue three, uh, there were almost 400 uh, at the same time. And today I didn't even bother looking because I just know for, for me, the people that I follow, uh, we, there was about a dozen books that launched the same day as my book. Um, I could, so there's, uh, I could yeah. do a Kickstarter podcast and do nothing about, but for Kickstarters and never run out of material. I have covered, I have covered more Kickstarters than probably any podcast that I know of. I'm constantly bringing Kickstarters onto the program. Even even well-known um, creators like Keith Champagne have done yeah. Kickstarter. Keith's a buddy. Yeah, yeah you know Keith. Um, yep. Yeah, um, they, he's done some really good stuff too. It's and, and not to go off topic too much, but it's very funny because you get these these really obscure people that nobody hears about, like my good friend. Um, oh. Michael Katz? Yes, Brian Earp. You know Michael Katz. I love... Yeah, I know Michael. I love Michael. Michael's one of my, my, my good buddies. And it's like, he's a, a lawyer out in Pennsylvania. I'm like, how the heck do you get Ron Mars, Daryl Banks, 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 and into your... Yeah. I know. Huh? But it's, <laughs> and, or on the flip side, you got these people who are doing Kickstarters, the creator things, and you speak English, and the other creator doesn't speak English, and yet you get a a product. I mean, the comic books are so wonderfully great now. There's so much you can do with Kickstarters and indie. The only problem is that there's so much out there, it's hard to get noticed. Yeah. Do you have that problem? Getting noticed? Uh, just, yeah, to some extent. I think it's, um, you know, I, every con that I go to, uh, I have to, you know, you, you've got to have your pitch. You know, you've got to have, or a pitch, you know. Um, and that's something that I tell people all the time is always have your pitch ready. Deliver your pitch, you know, whether it's an 11-second pitch or a 30-second pitch. Um, if you're lucky, a 60-second pitch. Some people might listen long enough, but you've got to have a pitch ready for your book all the time because you never know how many people are going to come across the wire uh, or in front of you and not know anything about you. And so you've got a limited window to really grab their attention. My wife and I talk about this because she comes to cons with me, uh, and it, you know she's she's always telling me she's like, "How do you like you you just." grab people where they are. And I was like, that's all I can do because, you know, whether he's walking by with a Philly hat on, I hate the Eagles, but whatever. Um, you know, I will grab that person and be like, oh, you guys are this close, you know, and then they'll come over and then that's, I got my, my window. I, so I've opened the window. Now I've got to do something with it. So, you know, it is hard. And if you're not prepared to do stuff like that, it's, it's difficult in our industry too, because a lot of us are introverts. Uh, in comics. And so it's hard to be able to do that, hard to want to do that. 
And um, so it's easier said than done, but um, yeah, it, it's difficult. And, you know, with guys like Charlie Stickney and Pat Shand who have, I mean, Kat, uh, I love Kat. She's, uh, or Comic Uno, as a lot of you know her, she works at Popverse and other things. Um, she's phenomenal, love Kat. She actually wrote a story in my current Kickstarter. That she, she wrote an eight page story in there. But uh, those folks, they do phenomenally well on Kickstarter. So, so trying to dig yourself up uh, out of the hole enough so that you can be seen along the likes of those folks. Michael does a great job with his Kickstarters, uh, cats we were just talking about. So, you know, that it, it is difficult. And if you don't have, I don't know, if you don't have a, a, a good social presence, it's, it's even tougher. Uh, if you don't have a good con presence, it continues to get tougher. So you've got to find a, a way. You, you said something earlier, you know, we talk about the individuals and get their stories and stuff like that. That's where it matters because the book will sell itself once they actually notice it. Hopefully, they've, they've got to embrace the creator. And I have a lot of people who follow me no matter what I sell, what I'm doing, no matter where I'm going, they will come and see me. And I love that. And I'm honored by it because I don't deserve it. But, um, you know, people find something they like about you as a creator. And that's where you can really stand out. So otherwise, your book's just another book on the shelf. And, and that's hard to sell. Are there... Before we go back to your creative side, I'm gonna go back to Kickstarter for a quick second. Do you have any suggestions sure. for somebody to run a fantastic Kickstarter and what are some of the pitfalls that maybe they should avoid? My, um, uh, well, uh, hopefully I'm, I'm, you know, someone who is uh, um, viable to answer that question. But um, yeah, I think the, the thing is to run a successful Kickstarter or pay attention to other successful Kickstarters for, for, for the start. I mean, from the start, pay attention. What is Pat doing? What What is he, uh, what is Chris Moses doing? If you guys know Chris, he had Saturn Effect and Control Z and a few other good books. What are these gentlemen doing? What is Charlie Stickney doing um, that is, that you're not doing? Uh, and that could be everything from, uh, for example, um, Pat, uh, I was watching one of his latest campaigns and I noticed he had a digital deluxe. I'm like, what the heck is a digital deluxe? There's a digital and a digital deluxe. It was a reward that was only $2 difference or $3 difference that um, allowed backers to not only just get the digital book, which you could do, or if you wanted to get more, you can get the digital book and then all these extras, whether it was like creator commentary or a script or behind the scenes stuff, uh, cover galleries, anything. It was stuff that, you know, I, I realized I wasn't doing it. And so that was something I added to my, uh, my campaign. And it's been phenomenal. It is actually, I've seen, because I also have it as an add-on. So if you get a book that doesn't have, a, or one of my rewards doesn't have the digital deluxe, you can actually add the deluxe piece on for just a couple bucks. Uh, you gain a lot. I get, you know, I get a little and everyone wins. And so little things like that, pay attention to the reward structures, pay attention to verbiage, pay attention to how the story in the campaign is organized. What are they doing to promote it? Are they doing a video or not? I never do videos. Uh, I find that I never watch videos and a lot of folks won't stick around for videos. We talked about this just a second ago. You, you got to snip it. You got a small window, either grab them with your image or grab them with your video, but it's got to be quick and they may or may not stick around and watch the whole thing. So just pay attention to stuff. And if you're getting into Kickstarter for the first time, I highly recommend use someone like Kat Kalamia or Pat Shand. Those folks uh, have, um, or Lori Foster, those individuals have, Kickstarter campaign, uh, Joey Galvez, another person from Band of Bards. Uh, they have uh, programs where you can spend a little, they'll build your campaign, they'll structure it, they'll get you set up uh, based on what your inputs. Let them do it first. 
but ask and learn as you go. And so you can do it on your own the next couple of times, or maybe just keep hiring them because they're great people. They do great work. They have proven track records. So there's a lot of ways to be successful if it's your first time at Kickstarter. But I think the biggest thing to be successful is pay attention to what, what's come before you and then try to innovate some little bit to your point, Ronald, um, you know, try to find a way to stand out. And that's going to be uh, your, your social media presence. Real quickly, tell us how you became a competitor and American Ninja Warrior. I'm just curious. I have to ask this, and we got to make it quick. So no, it's I'm, I'm going to put you on a timer because we can't run this forever. But no, go tell us about it. I'm yep. curious. Uh, so I started doing obstacle course races back in 2013. I quickly became a sponsored athlete by Premier Protein, Highly uh, Gear. They both sponsored me and, uh, and a few other small companies. And uh, eventually I get picked up by Men's Health Magazine. They did a quick article on me because I was a dad. I had seven kids, uh, you know, working two jobs, which was kind of a lie. Um, I didn't say that, that I worked two jobs. I was doing comics and I was working. So I guess that's two jobs uh, for Men's Health. But I got in that. And then um, a friend of mine uh, said, you know, we need to find a place to train in the winter. I went and found a gym. It was a parkour gym. And they just happened to be holding a ninja competition. So I went and I won, uh, you know, just blew through the course and killed everybody, which is awesome. And I said, oh, hey, I can do this. I applied to American Ninja Warrior one season. Uh, they didn't accept me, but they did tell me why, which was kind of cool. And then I applied the next season, which was season 10, and I, I made it. Uh, so I got called back on the show and went down to Miami. And there we go. So like I said, there's a sea of gray out there. On the, if you watch that episode, you won't see me. Uh, I got my, my run got cut, but I came 33rd out of 109 competitors uh, and only the top 30 advanced. But uh, the fun fact uh, of that is, is the producers really liked me and I was good enough that they asked me to go to Philly and um, do course testing. So some behind the scenes work for them. So I got to see a little bit more of the guts of the show. And then I went to Atlanta, did the same thing. I went to Baltimore the next season, did the same thing. So I kept doing course testing, um, which I may get back into. That's fun. There's so many fantastic comic books out there. What makes your creation stand out and different and something that somebody should buy? Um, so, Spider I mean, Spider Squirrel, there's not a lot of books out there now that are, are in this vein where they're this, you know, the like I said, the buddy cop action comedy. There's um, the it's it's not irreverent. Uh, it's uh, not in any kind of major way. It's just fun. It's funny, fun. Uh, and it's actually a community-oriented book. The first issues um, actually have stories where my character ends up in other universes for indie comics. So kind of a multiverse thing, which I know we're all kind of getting tired of the multiverse now, thanks to Doctor Strange and everything else. But prior to that, we had a bounce through the indie comics first, which I allowed other creators to write in my write my character in their universe and then they use their art teams and so a lot of fun because it, it really pulled the community together and allowed me to work with a bunch of individuals that i respect uh and i'll keep doing stuff like that so the book is um the foundation of design universe which is going to go way beyond superheroes uh next year so a lot more to come but that's that's really the big thing is it's just it's something that's been missing people are having fun again and they're enjoying it i love spider squirrel when i read it back in january I'm glad to finally got you on the show. Before we start for this topic, do you have any closing comments about your Kickstarter Spider Squirrel? Um, yeah, go back it. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. This this book is a, a nice uh, break. It's um, 80 to 100 pages, depending on stretch rewards. So whatever you back at, you're going to get a lot if we go over the stretch rewards. Uh, but it's um, it's fun. It's a classic 24 page story. But then there's a um, an anthological walk through the design 
the universe. So a bunch of creators like Kat Kalamia, uh, Daniel Calvin, and, uh, and a whole bunch of others, uh, really uh, Russell Nolte, wrote short stories in my universe with my characters so that there's a ton of first appearances. And Dean Haspel actually created a brand new character and wrote and created a story uh, in this too. So if you guys know Dean, you know the quality work he does with the Fox and Billy Dogma, which is actually also on Kickstarter right now. Check it out. So this is uh, you're, there's something in here for everybody. Charlie McElvoy, Spider School Kickstarter is going on for about another, what, two weeks right now? About two, three weeks? Uh, yeah, two and a half weeks. So. Yep. Okay. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Love to have you. Well, actually, we're actually going to tape another segment. So Charlie will be back on shortly. We're going to uh, tape another segment right after this. Please back to Kickstarter. I really like this attack of Spider Squirrel. Charlie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.